0: And so yeah, we are living in very unusual times. And um, I think this goes along good with the the taking of refuge later because I think the source of of refuge in the midst of it all is incredibly important for us as practitioners and for the world. And uh, there's a a reading that um, I read a while ago It's from the Hopi elders, and I I don't have the source of when this was written, though I believe it was a number of years ago, within 20 years. So I'd like to just start off with this, that we've been telling people that this is the 11th hour, and now we must go back and tell the people that this is the hour. And here there are things that must be considered. Where are you living? What are you doing? What are your relations? Where's your water? Know your garden. It is time to speak your truth. To my fellow swimmers, there's a river flowing now very fast and it is so great and swift. And there will be those that will be afraid. They will try to hold on to the shore, but They'll be torn apart and will suffer greatly. So know that the river has its destination. The elders say we must let go of the shore and push off into the middle of the river and keep our heads above water. And I say, see who is there with you. At this time in history, we are to take nothing personally, least of all ourselves. For the moment that we do, our spiritual growth and journey may come to a halt. The time of the lone wolf is over. Gather yourselves. All we must do must be done in a sacred manner. Part that I, um, from this reading that really speaks to me is is keeping our heads above the water, in the midst of it all. And there's a a lot of turbulence right now with uh, health-wise with the pandemic, and of course there's an incredible increase right now of of COVID-19 due to um, many factors. And um, Also, of course, um, the issue of race and bias is really big right now and actually has been for centuries. There's a lot of turmoil and of course, acting in a way that with nonviolence, that's socially responsible to help support, to bring more wisdom and kindness into the world is is so desperately needed and at the same time it also begins inside ourselves because I think we all know in the teachings of the Dharma that hatred never ceases by more hatred it's only love and wisdom that ceases hatred so how do we keep our heads above the water to support us in uh, this journey that we are in the midst of in life. And I wanna speak a little bit about the the 10 perfections of the Bodhisattva, which I think are wonderful, very wise and very important qualities that can support us to keep our heads above the water, to meet life with greater wisdom and compassion. The 10 perfections of the Bodhisattva are various qualities that need to be developed and perfected in order for a Buddha to arise in the world. There's a couple of different meanings for the word Bodhisattva and in the Mahayana tradition, the great vehicle of the Dharma that began some years after Um, the Buddha's passing away. The great um, vehicle Mahayana Buddhism encompasses in China, Japan, Zen, Chan, Tibetan Buddhism, all part of this great vehicle, though Tibetan Buddhism uh, perhaps would prefer to call it the third uh, vehicle, Vajrayana. Within, within the Mahayana tradition, there's the, the word bodhisattva that means that I undertake um, uh, this compassion for all beings and that I will, not, I will forgo enlightenment until all beings are enlightened, which is an incredibly generous and beautiful intention that I will forgo my enlightenment till all beings enlightened. So This commitment to come back again and again into samsara and to help to bring more peace and uh, wisdom to beings <clears throat> so that's one notion of the bodhisattva and in the, in the Theravada tradition the bodhisattva is literally a person that is training to become a buddha so it's a little bit of a different ideal in mahayana the this great vehicle of compassion i vow to wait on my enlightenment till all beings are enlightened, to help support enlightenment for everyone, where in the Theravadan tradition, um, it's uh, one that is aspiring to Buddhahood. And that the certain perfections that an aspiring Buddha has to perfect in order to become a Buddha, to have the conditions be ripened enough for a possibility of a Buddha to arise into the world. And of course, the most recent Buddha that we know about is Siddhartha Gautama, 2600 years ago. And um, from um, Siddhartha Gautama, we learn about some of the trainings of the Bodhisattva, and particularly about his trainings as a Bodhisattva in order to become a Buddha, and those are actually all located in the canonical literature in the Jataka tales, which is about 664, something like that, quite a number of different lives that the Bodhisattva lived, some as humans, some as an animal, um, learning these different perfections to the conditions be ripened enough for a Buddha to arise into the world. And it actually goes back a number of eons ago in a faraway galaxy. And I love sometimes in the Dharma, the the definition of like an eon is once every hundred years, a bird flies over the highest mountain in the world and brushes its wing. And the time that it takes for that once every hundred years, that wing to brush the top of a noble peak until it becomes grounded into a plane. That's how long eons are. So it's kind of this vastness of time. I, I always find that very fascinating. And um, many years ago, in a faraway galaxy, the Star Wars theme here, many eons ago, there was a person named Sumato. And at that time, there was a... Um, Buddha named Dipankara. And Sumedha saw Dipankara walking towards him and was so taken with just the qualities of this, of the Buddha, of, of awakening, of compassion, of wisdom, of seeing through the stories, experiencing the unconditioned. And there was some water, I guess it had recently rained, and and the Buddha, Dipankara Buddha, was walking towards this area and had to step through the water in order to get to the other side they were going. And for whatever reasons, Sumedo said, I'm going to kind of lie down and let the Buddha walk on top of me. I I don't want to get his feet wet. I just said, it was just filled with some type of a devotion. And so uh, Sumedo did this. And, you know, maybe in our day and age, it might feel pretty outrageous, but it was so taken with, with deep faith and aspiration and dedication and, and, and wanting to, to serve the Buddha in that way. <clears throat> and so as, as the Buddha was approaching, walking over him, Sumedha just felt, I, I want to be like him someday. I want to be a Buddha as well. And it is said that after the, the Buddha walked over him, because it said that the Buddha could read Sumedho's mind and, and wanted to honor his wish to, uh, to do this, this offering to the Buddha. And after he walked over him, he he's paused and he looked, at, he looked at Sumedho, thanked him and said, I, I understand your intention to become a Buddha and you will become a Buddha and you will become who's known as Siddhartha Gautama. And that began the Bodhisattva's training to become a fully realized Buddha. And there's 10 different qualities. I mean, it's one thing to want to be a Buddha, but then you've got to do the deep work to become a Buddha. It's a deep work. These perfections. There's 10 of them. The paramis, the perfections, the paramitas. And the first is the cultivation of generosity. So in all these different lifetimes, and these are recorded in, again, the Jataka tales. It's the the tales of the Bodhisattva and the different learnings and lessons that he had to go through, or she had to go through. And sometimes it's animals. Sometimes the Bodhisattva was an animal. And sometimes a tiger, sometimes a bird, sometimes... It's really amazing stories, and that's why there's many children's stories that have been rendered from the Jataka Tills that you can get for your grandkids or your kids that are really powerful teaching stories about cultivating these different qualities. The qualities of generosity, virtue, renunciation, wisdom, energy, patience, truthfulness, resolve, loving kindness, equanimity. So those are the the 10 perfections. And to me, if somebody asked me, how do you keep your head above the water in the midst of it all? I find that these 10 qualities, these 10 perfections, these 10 trainings are incredibly supportive for each of us as practitioners to support us to keep our heads and hearts above the water in the midst of it all. And it's wonderful that the very first quality, is not about you, it's about generosity. It's about this quality of offering and giving. Such a beautiful quality because it really helps support the lessening of, of, of greed, uh, of, of narcissism, of self, because we're giving away something to support another. I was very touched. Maybe about a month ago, um, we were walking in our neighborhood, on the east side of Santa Cruz. And um, on this little street, there was a little chair. And on top of the chair was a little crate. And in the crate was all types of different things, like uh, cat food, potato chips, some apples, some dishwashing soap, uh, I mean, it was, a, it was like going to a little supermarket. And, and But it was just on a chair and a little crate, but all these different things. And then there was a little sign, give some, take some. And some neighbor just put this out. For, and this was just for anyone. Give some, take some. If you have something, you can contribute it there. If you don't have something, you can take. And it was such an, like a random act of generosity. It was just ah, oh, it was just really just touched Jan and I's heart. So the qualities of generosity are so incredible in embarking upon, you know, this, this hand sanitizer, I share it with you that we can share that we can be generous, that so the quality of generosity is such a great quality to help support us in taking this highest good. And again, that's it's connected to the sense of living virtuously, the second quality of the bodhisattva. Virtue, integrity, is so, such a lofty way to live. It's the qualities in Sanskrit, it's called ahimsa, the qualities of non harming. Even just that word non harming is such a beautiful word, like this quality of not harming any living beings. You know, we speak about it with these precepts and trainings, like the first precept, I undertake the training of not killing any living beings. Where I thought right away, there's, there's, there's no killing. And actually, it literally means panatipata, means to not take away anyone's breath, any being's breath, that's kind of the literal translation. So the qualities of living virtuously, not killing, not taking that which is not given, to honor and not to harm with sexuality. our speech is wise. And that we're really aspiring for clarity to awaken, so we're not dulling the mind with intoxicants. So these qual- qualities of living with virtue, integrity, the bodhisattva undertakes these from lifetime to lifetime, perfecting these qualities of virtue. The next quality is renunciation that um, sometimes can mean for some of us uh oh what is it that i have to give up that i like (laughs) and um there's another translation that i that i really feel uh, resonant with which can mean also um, renouncing the things that don't serve me that are um, self-destructive tendencies which gives a, a different turn to the idea of renunciation of that that i'm renouncing Ways that do not support well being for myself and for others. These self destructive tendencies is the quality of wisdom. Another very important quality, and of course, the deepest wisdom is understanding of suffering and its causes and the path leading to its lessening. And the Noble Eightfold Path, of course, it. It's the path that lessens our suffering. So the qualities of wisdom, the qualities of compassion. You know, when I look at the word wisdom, it's a very beautiful word. And to me, it has a fusion of two qualities that each support the other, like two wings of a bird. You cannot fly unless there's two wings. And so... Each one is wonderful, but brought together but it makes something even more wonderful. So this is what wisdom is even more wonderful. And wisdom, if you ask me as a translation, is the quality of insight, this penetrating seeing into things as they are. But it also is coupled with the quality of compassion, of love and kindness, of, of, of uh, empathy, mudita, but sympathetic joy it has a balancing factor of equanimity. The quality of wisdom, of, of deep understanding, it is fused with deep compassion and love and kindness. So the quality of wisdom is developed. as one of the perfections. And of course, there's the quality of energy, or effort, this wise effort to, to, um, foster what will continue to support the practice and to restrain those aspects that are not supportive to the practice. So that quality of energy. There's different qualities to the energy. One quality also is patience, which is another facet. Truthfulness, which is another facet. Resolve is another facet. I find that they are often supportive to one another. The quality of Patience, such a beautiful quality. My teacher Tampulu Toya Seattle, Siado, forest monk from Burma, he used to always speak about the qualities of patience. That patience will bring us to nibbana. Patience is the greatest of qualities. And I used to listen to him, and I was, of course, in my middle late twenties at those points, and became aware that I was quite an inpa- in, very impatient person. And so I'd, I'd hear him talk all about the qualities of patience, and I'd, I'd get very angry and impatient. Like, how, am I, how can I understand impatience? How can I become patient? I'm so impatient. But then gradually, through practice, I began to realize that the more that I could actually allow myself to acknowledge the impatience and to sit with it and to learn from it as a teacher, that was the very way that I was actually learning about beginning to cultivate some patience so i appreciate the seros emphasis on the qualities of patience that patience is the way to nibbana it's quality of patience and of course is the quality of truthfulness of transparency it's very humbling to be transparent to be honest with oneself and with another and yet it's such a beautiful quality this resolve for truthfulness and there's another quality that and it's coupled with investigation it's this quality of like the love of truth the love of wanting to know what's here even if it's something painful the willingness to turn in to discover what's here that's activating my sense of despair my longing my loneliness my fear my pain so the quality of truthfulness. And the quality of resolve, of determination, such beautiful qualities. It's that quality that there's, the Buddha said, underneath the Bodhi tree, the tree of awakening, this resolve, I'm going to stay here. I've been to so many other teachers, been to so many different teachings, I'm going to stay here now. There's this deep resolve. Even if my skin falls off my body my muscles my bones this type of determination resolve i will stay here and listen to my own deepest heart the sense of resolution resolve the qualities of a bodhisattva recognizing in the many many oceans of suffering and the commitment out of such profound compassion and the commitment to awakening that one day becomes a Buddha. And there's the qualities of love and kindness, that which softens the hardened heart, such a beautiful qualities of love and kindness, of heartfulness. And these are the beautiful qualities of the Bodhisattva developing the qualities of the heart of compassion. And this last quality is a, such a beautiful one as well, the balancing factor of equanimity, the 10th parami. An equanimity that's not referred to as complacency or disassociation or apathy or indifference, but it's a quality of wisdom of understanding how things change. in experiencing some balance, some wiser perspective you're at the top of a mountain peak and you look down the valley and you know you want to walk up to the mountain peak on the other side. And you know when you go on that journey, there's going to be ups and downs. Things are going to go in different ways, perhaps that you never expected. But there's a perspective. There's a wisdom of understanding of things have their ups and downs and perhaps uh, we speak about these eight worldly winds. That, that we understand that as a human being there'll always be times where there'll be gain and loss and status and disgrace and praise and blame and pleasure and pain or happiness and suffering that these are these eight worldly conditions that none of us can escape from. But the one who begins to cultivate the qualities of equanimity can begin to ride these ways, perhaps with some wiser perspective and balance. So to me, uh, beautiful ways to support, to keep our heads above the water, the midst of it all in these times, and not only for ourselves, but its impact that it has on others. So it's not just for ourselves that we do these practices, but also for the benefit of all beings. The qualities of cultivating generosity and morality or virtue, integrity, qualities of renunciation and wisdom, effort or energy, the qualities of patience, truthfulness, resolve, determination, the qualities of love and kindness, the qualities of balance, of equanimity, of wisdom, all is a culmination of great wisdom. All of these qualities. So I want to just support um, these Dharma teachings as a way to help support us in keeping our heads above the waters in the midst of it all. And I also find that, of course, um, these refuges in precepts are so incredibly important. My teacher again, Tampu Luceto, I. I've come to just appreciate so much his teachings of, like he would offer the refuge in the precepts. I've probably taken them hundreds, if not thousands of times. And he would go on and on and on. so many Dharma talks on the benefits of taking refuge and the precepts, these are great refuges. And to love um, these qualities of the Buddha, the Dhamma, the Sangha, the trainings of, of, of ethics are the foundation by which all wisdom grows. Some years ago, this was actually in 1996, I had a life-threatening illness for a period of time, a very intense period of time with a very severe bacterial infection and had to have an emergency surgery. And I, I was, you know, um, very ill. I was going into septic shock. My kidneys were failing. They kept on asking me how's my breath, fearing I was gonna go into respiratory arrest. Fortunately, that didn't happen. And I had to have an emergency surgery for um, this bacterial infection that was going septic. And um, surgery was was, um, my lower extremity. And so I asked my doctor, um, would it be possible if I could um, I would like to tape a Buddha onto my chest. Which I was very grateful, the, daughter, the doctor said. That's it's out of the field of, of what needed to be sterile, and yes, you can do that. And um, that was so comforting to me. I'll, I'll never forget that, that uh, it was such a refuge. Like if, if I was, and I was told that it was possible that I could die or have my leg amputated. Unfortunately, I have a leg and I have a life, and this is now many years ago. And but but I felt that if I if I was going to die, I you know I wanted the Buddha in my heart. And of course, having a tape Buddha is what's more important, of course, is the inside heart with, with the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha. But it was very, very comforting for me. Like, like if indeed this is going to be my last moments, I want to meet it with the Dharma and the Buddha and the Sangha. The Sierra used to teach what was called the Saranagon with the, with the refuges and, and, and it essentially it says, for as long as life lasts, I take refuge into the Buddha. For as long as life lasts, I take refuge into the Dharma. For as long as life lasts, I take refuge into the Sangha. And so this Buddha, which means awakening, So, we can take it, no doubt, this refuge in the historical Buddha or the Buddhas in the past. There's been countless Buddhas in the past. There will be in the future. But it's also this refuge in awakening itself, because Buddha means to awaken. And the Dharma is the teachings of awakening, and the Sangha is the community that supports each other to awaken. And we as a community are supporting each other here at Insight Santa Cruz, supporting each other uh, to as best we can in, in practicing together to support each other, to grow with wisdom, with compassion. And so I'd like to maybe just invite us all to, um, to do the refuges together refuge into the buddha the refuge into the dharma this refuge into the sangha and um <clears throat> i know many of you uh, recited in the international Pali. and i will um i do that sometimes and sometimes it's just if you hear some s's that turn into th's and um there's a there's a burmese pali pronunciation and We'll all just say it in the way that we can, and I think it's probably better since we know about with Zoom, if we all recite at the same time, it it doesn't sound like the same time. I learned that when we were reciting the 32 parts of the body, it was all coming out a little bit different. So we'll keep muted, and um, in your own way, we'll just take these refuges into the Buddha. And often it begins with this homage to the Buddha to the awakened one, to the enlightened one. <clears throat> and so in the way that you can, um, we can just do this together. <laughs> Namo tasa bhagavato arahanto tamma tambo tatha. Namo tatha bhagavato arahanto tamma tambo tatha. Namo tatha bhagavato arahanto thamma tambo tatha we Will be taking these triple refuges. Bodam, that an am, getcha me. Dam, man, that an am, Bodham me. Thang gum, that an am, getcha me. Duty am pee, bow For a third time, tatty am Bodham bow dum, These triple refuges into the Buddha, the Dhamma, and the Sangha. So I'd like to maybe just chant for you uh, that Tampulu Sero also taught for me about taking these refuse for as long as life lasts. And if you feel some resonance with that, you're welcome to feel it into your heart. And it's enough just to know for right now. I'm taking refuge into the Buddha, the Dhamma, and the Sangha. Yisa adinkatwa aham adhanam Bodhava neyadeh mi Damatha Neyade mi Thangatha Neyade mi Zewita pratyantikam Bodhamtharanam gicchami Damantaranam gicchami Thangamtharanam kicchami Zewita pratyantikam Bodhamtharanam kicchami. Dam under an umkitcha Zevita Tangam kichami, Zewita Issa adenkatawa, aham adanam, bodatha nea Damatha nea de me, Tangatha nea de me, Zewita pretty antikum, Bodam that an umkitcha me, Zewita Issa aden katawa aham adanam Bodatha neyade mi damatha neyade mi thangatha neyade Bodam Bodham tadanam kichami damman tadanam kichami Thangam tadanam kichami Zewita pradhyantikam Thank you. Taking refuge into the Buddha, the Dhamma, and the Sangha, and for those that resonate for as long as life lasts, taking refuge in awakening, the teachings of awakening, the community that supports awakening. And with this awakening, we really understand more clearly the importance of living our lives with virtue. The qualities of safety and trust, respect, empathic, ways of connecting with one another through our speech and the qualities of clarity. These are such beautiful qualities, this living with virtue, the quality of safety that do the sacredness of life, I undertake the trainings of not killing any living beings. And due to building a sense of trust with one another, I undertake the training of not taking that which is not given, perhaps it's counter to offer to be generous. Due to my connection to myself and to all living beings, I undertake the trainings of not causing harm with sexuality that builds a sense of deep respectfulness for each other. Due to my interconnection that I share with all living beings, I undertake the trainings of wise speech, of communication, of listening, of empathy, of not harming with our words, words that are honest and kind and useful and beneficial and timely. And due to my connection that I share with myself and with all living beings, I undertake the trainings of clarity, of not using intoxicants that dull the mind. So these five trainings, these five precepts are the foundation by which supports the steadying of the mind, the culmination of wisdom. You find within the Eightfold Path, Sila, the base, the foundation that supports concentration, supports the culmination of wisdom. So reflecting wisely on this quality of safety, I undertake the training benefit of myself and to all living beings, of not killing them, cultivation of safety. For the benefit of myself and for all living beings, I undertake the training of building trust of not taking that which is not given, cultivating the qualities of generosity, for my benefit and the benefit of all living beings, I undertake the training of not causing harm with sexuality that builds a sense of mutual respect and kindness with each other. For the benefit of myself and for all living beings, I undertake the trainings of wise speech, of listening, of empathy, kind way of communicating, honoring the truth. And this cultivation, not only for the benefit of myself and for all beings, the cultivation of clarity, the abstaining from use of getting intoxicated, the spirit of wanting to develop more awareness, more clarity, undertake the training All these trainings supporting safety and trust and respect, empathy and wise communication and clarity. These are the trainings to support wisdom. Thank you all very much and may um, these refuges and trainings precepts be a great ally and support for each of us to grow with wisdom and and compassion. So I know we've been uh, together here for a bit and maybe the body would like to have a little bio break and get a little air. So I have 55 after the hour when we take... um, We'll t- t- we'll come back at at 10 f- at eleven o five, and and we'll proceed on from there. So a little time to stretch. I'll leave, of course, it on if you want to connect with some other people talking or chatting with them and spirit of community. And we'll see you all at eleven o five. Thank you so much. Please do come back. <laughs>